on TV, online, and on Sidekick. I don't even know what that is. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. My work wife, James Hardigan, is a little under the weather. Significantly less croaky than yesterday, though. Yeah, you are. You sound a little bit better. But luckily, we got back up. My work abusive stepdad has stayed home from his real job to help take care of me. I'm watching you very closely, Stapleton. I'm so excited to have you in the studio. Matt Broughton, my good friend, is here. I am in a terrible slash great mood. I'm in a terrible mood because I dreamt of hashtag MAGA all night long. You know what that is? Make America Great Again. I literally tossed and turned all night having nightmares about Donald Trump's presidency. And that's two nights in a row. And multiple nights a week this is happening. I wish it were a joke. Uh, But I'm in a good mood. And Nina brought this up. I'm really looking forward to Christmas this year because it's been such a fucking shit year on so many levels true that so i brought christmas presents from my work uh, wife and abusive stepdad i'm gonna give them to you guys on the air i didn't bring presents for all of you just the people who matter on camera Uh, (laughs) coming up on today's show i had some more run-ins with a-list celebrities the ept 13 astray's main event aired last night it was actually the astray's high roller whoops Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've you've misspelled whoops as whoop. Well, <laughs> uh, I did a marathon live commentary stretch for the GPL playoffs last week, so there's a bit of an event recap for that, as well as a celebrity charity poker tournament for Amazon and Poker Central. So I met even more celebrities. Do you think those celebrities are talking about me on their podcasts? Get back to you on that we'll one. We'll go with a maybe on that one. I was trying to think of a polite answer, and I couldn't. We are previewing our next live event, which is Prague. And you know who used to live in Prague? Sam Grafton, so he'll be our guest on the show today. He'll be answering a little bit of Prague trivia for us in a brand new terrible game I've created. (laughs) (laughs) And today on Superfan vs. Stavis, we've got Artem Korolev, and uh, Matt has prepared some Armageddon trivia for him. And Matt and I, uh, we've both uh, dealt with Artem in the past in our own little way. Yeah, one of the the first Twitch things I did here, we, uh, we had Artem was one of the guys playing against... I can't remember who. It might have been Lex Veltos playing Cash. And I was trying to encourage some of the guys on the tables with the pros to call into the show. Yeah. And Artem was one of the guys that called in and, and he took me on a tour around his apartment with his little webcam and he was a, he was a good guy. So I have high hopes for his uh, appearance on Superfan. And he got a job as a radio host years ago, wrote to me for advice. And guess what? He no longer is a radio host. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. And you guys, is, James is the one, I guess, to really answer this for me. Is this our last studio show of this incarnation of I am the show. amazed that we are what at least two minutes into the show and you haven't yet made any reference to the fact that this is episode 69 it is episode 69 i'm waiting for episode 420 then we can really have a party episode 70 which we're recording next week will be on location it'll be yeah. EPT not live at ept live and then you're right it's episode 71 in the new year rebrand and of course we're going to reveal the name of the podcast going forward in 2017 on next week's show, which we'll be recording on location. Are we going to start renumbering them, or are we nope. going to keep going with 70? 71 will be the first show of 2017. And that is going to be what? the On location at, in the Bahamas. At the Bahamas. We got no more audio-only versions recorded here in the studio until Mid-January. after PC. Oh, that's a, ah, that's a, a pound. Piece. Oh. Hold on a second. After P's seem to be a... Uh, a Delicious. bad choice of food to order in the Bahamas. Mm. 
and we're there for the Poker Stars Championship. Bahamas. By the way, I love how that's my fault and not the fault of whoever it is decided to change the name of the thing people have been saying for 13 years. Totally, totally not, <laughs> totally my fault. Um, yeah, so, uh, and why is Matt here? Was there money left in the budget well, you know at the, the end of the year? <laughs> I mean, you get into year end, if you don't spend it, you lose it right, next exactly. year, so we've got to make yeah. it up. I don't, two reasons. Number one, as this is our Prague preview show, yeah. and obviously the three of us are going to be streaming from Prague for seven days, kind of made sense for Matt to be a part of that show. Well, I mean, we always are streaming with Matt for seven days somewhere and he's rarely in before an event it's usually after well look as he said there was a lot of budget right. they, you don't realize they flew me in by helicopter we just had I to got, get rid of it I got some new trainers that jo James this gave me this is all on. our scripts are printed on double-sided glossy Gold paper leaf. yeah there is a second reason yes. as well oh. which is Khaleesi wants to have a chat with everyone about her plans for the Bahamas so it oh. kind of made sense to have Matt in a the building Khaleesi for that chat. I see. I, I just got a pit in my stomach over a Khaleesi chat. Yikes. It's the first time hearing of it. Great. Well, we'll cover that on the next episode of the show. Uh, what is happening in social media? James? There is one tweet, one tweet alone that I want to pick out this week. And it's a tweet that was sent to you and me late last night, Joe. Okay. From a chap called Richard Fremantle. Now, you might remember yes. that Richard is a guy who's reached out to us before. Uh, he asked about where he could play poker in Monte Carlo. He bizarrely asked Sarah Shafek where he could play poker in Helsinki. I would have helped you out, Richard. He also tweeted last week, and everyone loves a chop pot picture. Look at that. Royal flush on the board. How happy is the guy who got it in with pocket fives? <laughs> the board ran out like that. Uh, but last night, Richard tweeted, just binked the PokerStars Championship Bahamas spin and go ticket. Mind blown. Sure. So huge congratulations to Richard, and he has an open invitation to be our super fan on our first podcast of 2017. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I had one social media thing I wanted to cover. I don't think you saw this because it was sent to me and at PokerStars, and I don't think you go checking the at replies for mm, both of us. Not really, no. I, I tweeted this thing about... Um, about how the podcast is fun to listen to. Well, you know, I try to like find new ways to get people to listen to the podcast by referring to it as my podcast. You mean yes, those? no, that I do do that because <laughs> I, I know I, I feel know. like people who follow me want to, you know, whatever. But my brother replied and said, "I'm behind on the podcast, but I think my hand of Jack of Elevens and Beta of Triangles matches." And then sent in this photo. I've got a theory. Do you remember last week we were mocking the guy who tried to enter the competition late? Oh. With cards that didn't match? From a different site altogether? Not from playing a, a spin oh. and go? So my brother actually listens to the podcast? That's fucking bizarre. Wow, and he actually absorbed the information and has reacted to it accordingly. Are you sure you're related? That is why it makes no <laughs> sense to me. It's only my show, and I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. Thank you for clearing that, finding that for me, because I honestly just thought my brother just spent like a night huffing glue, and then like did an art project, and sent in a weird thing to my Twitter. Like, thank God that actually makes sense. Thank freaking God, Matt. You uh, tweeted something on social media, tweeted or maybe even it was on Facebook, but about you had like a. A solo gig? You were like a one-man band? Well, you remember the story from the end of Malta where I annoyed everyone on the plane by doing loads of audio editing and hadn't plugged in my headphones. And, yes. and people like, touch me on the shoulder going, can you turn that down, please, buddy? That's what I was doing was preparing material for this for solo. This. So this was me going out on my own, um, playing guitar and singing to backing tracks. But, I mean, 
I wish I had a great anecdote for you, but I was so well prepared, as you witnessed, yeah. that actually went smoothly. But in a related tale, my full band, Mushroom Clown, we did a charity bandioki. Yeah. You got from with that name? I love Mushroom Clown. Um, is that we did a charity bandioki, which James would love. Bandioki, if you don't know, is karaoke, but with a live band. So people pick from like the 250 songs that we play as a band and get to sing with a live band because who gets to do that? That's who pretty isn't cool. A musician, just like an X Factor contestant. I would feel so uncomfortable though, like I'm wasting the band's time. Like I'd no. be like, oh god, look! It's like when they used to send the huge crews out to do uh, challenge tapes. I'm like, this is way too much. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you won't find this easy to believe, but I'm actually tremendously welcoming, and I oh, make I'm it, sure you I, are. I make to, it very to easy. Other people. <laughs> and, and and we raise a lot of money for this charity. And I wanted to tell you, the setup is because a lot of people need a lot of support. They're like, you sing along with me, like, help me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll bring you in. Don't worry. So there's me with a mic singing and playing. Dave, the guitarist, with a mic singing and playing. Even Stu, the drummer, has got a mic. He's singing and playing. And then we just have this one mic set up for the guests. Right. And it's a very specific microphone we use just for this. Because if we have 35 people sing, that's a lot of beer and Prosecco and kebab to be burped into a microphone you don't want to be using that microphone you have like yourself. one community mic yeah and I thought you were going to say it's a special mic because it's got like a shit ton of reverb I thought it was like the, the, like the, most, the most generous mic ever like the mirror they have in the dressing room at every store <laughs> the auto tune is on 11 yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes it'd be like a group of girls will stand around it and just sing at it and it's fine or it'd be some guy but these two guys came up and they were like proper hipsters like all skinny jeans and pointy shoes and big beards and they stood up there, and there's like Josh and Ben, and they're going, um, can we have another microphone? I'm like, no, guys, that's your mic. You just use that. Well, um, well, you've got a mic. Can we use that? No, you can't use that. I'm using that. Well, I mean, this is ridiculous. There's two. So I'm like, guys. What a bunch and, of fucking also, dicks. This is in like this huge rammed pub. So this whole conversation is, of course, being broadcast. <laughs> I'm trying to be like, no, guys, just, you know, let's, let's sing the song. A lot of people One get One thing someone doesn't want to do, by the way, is challenge Matt Broughton and then challenge him while he's got a microphone. I mean, because in, you are, you can be just absolutely brutal. And in the band, like, I, this is my house. You rule, yeah. This is, this is where I live. Don't come in here. So these guys go on and on about it. I'm trying to make jokes of it and people are kind of shuffling. And then I'm saying, guys, deal with it, okay? Deal with it. And in fact, <laughs> let me just make an announcement now. There's one mic. Get over it. And other people have been fine. So now these guys, who incidentally are singing I'm a Believer by the Monkeys. So this is not a serious, you know, this is... Did they reach a point where you're like on the verge of saying, seriously, the two of you fuck off? I was going to just say to Dave, start the song, and they're just going to have to do the best. Now these guys are going, they're looking at the words going, right, well, look, Josh, you do, if you do this first bit, I'll then do this bit. So they're really planning this thing out. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. We start, but blink, 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 blink. The little it all gets going. These guys start singing. I don't love Dorothy Francis. Ben, we. I know we said there's only one, one microphone. Turns out there's gonna be zero for this song. <laughs> so pull the cable. Yeah. These guys crack off, and it it's like the end of days. And the whole <laughs> of the pub is just no one's laughing because everyone's like. Uh, I, I mean, and that's if look, it's karaoke, so people are expecting a certain yeah, level of bad, exactly. And that's fine, it's everyone comes up there, these buckets, people put a donation in, they write what the song is. It's all very much everything goes, it's all a lot of fun. If people are really dreadful, I kind of sing with them to help them. These guys just kicked off, went through the whole song, having wasted five minutes banging on about wanting a microphone. And then the pearl was, we end, and everyone's very generous round of applause, and the guy. Still turns to me and goes, 
I can't believe you wouldn't give us a microphone. <laughs> and I say, I can't believe that neither of you can fucking sing after the fuss you made. But it was a beautiful thing. And all I'm saying, James, is uh, summer party, next Christmas party. I think you guys are missing a trick. I'm local and it's a lot of fun. I have no influence over that kind of thing, Matt, but I will happily nominate you to people who do. We had our like little TV department Christmas party at, uh, at All Bar One, nice. uh, which is like grown-up Chuck E. Cheese without the video games. <laughs> And uh, I was like, man, we should have hired Matt for this. It was my first ever... Uh, by the way, I love that you said you didn't really have an anecdote, but you did. You oh, did no, have an anecdote. I didn't have one about the solo thing, oh, okay. you know, which I know is kind of what you were, we were interested that, in. that was a good anecdote. Thanks very much. Um, I did my first ever Secret Santa, and I found it very difficult to prepare for this because there were rules for the Christmas party. Like, you had to show up in a Christmas jumper and, uh, and bring, a, obviously, a gift for your Secret Santa person. I left my house on November 27th. And so it was difficult for me. I've been like working nonstop since then. So like, I'm like, where am I going to get my Christmas jumper? And how do Joe, what percentage of people at the lunch actually bothered to adhere to the instructions regarding dress code? Oh, almost everyone. No. O almost everyone was wearing some sort of Christmassy thing, uh, including me. I stopped and bought a hat at a street vendor. Um, but then also like, I didn't, I couldn't wrap the gift because, um, I mean, if I really tried hard, I could have, but I had to travel with it and they don't really like you traveling with wrapped presents mm -hmm. is, is not really a thing. So I bought two Santa hats and stuffed the gift inside one of them as like the wrapping. But when my person showed up, he immediately went to open it. And so I was like, no, don't open that. I mean, or so that whoever the person got your present for you would say, I forgot that secret Santa supposed to be secret. Right. So like I immediately gave away who it was. I'm going to give it away now because I got, uh, I got this person, a, uh, a make America great again oh, t-shirt that I bought at the airport, um, which I thought was really sickening that I walked through the airport. L luckily they had like stuff from both sides of this airport gift shop, but I was just really like grossed out. Did you offset like people do with their carbon emissions when they take a plane? Did you buy like three t-shirts from the other side just to kind of make yourself feel less I dirty? Bought, I bought one make America great again. shirt. I bought another one for a lady friend that says first lady on it. And then another up uh, an apron that says hail to the chef, but it has the, uh, right. the presidential seal. So it wasn't from the opposing side, but it was like less, horrific things that i bought <laughs> um but guys the reason i'm bringing this up is because i brought presents for y'all oh, oh what's in santa's sack well, james knows what his present is already because he asked me to buy him a bunch of dvds uh criterion collection dvds at that he was gonna pay me back for but i figured for christmas i'll just give them to him so oh bless you joe See, i'm a bit worried because we've already mentioned about the budget for my helicopter here the trainers were now Joe's giving me a gift and we've got a meeting with Khaleesi. Like, is this, are you guys letting me go? Like, so, is it? <laughs> here's all the DVDs Holy James shit. got. Oh I've got to pay you for some of the these. The Graduate. Well, nice. what I was going to do is I asked Khaleesi if she wanted to split them with me so they could be from both of us. Oh, that's very kind. But she didn't answer me yet. So I'm not sure if uh, she, Nashville, uh, Boyhood. Oh, most what boring else? film ever. Dr. Strangelove. Boyhood was amazing. Really? Uh, I Gilda. So some of them are open, by the way, because, uh, a friend of mine watched them. Uh, the American Friend. Oh, Hot and Hairy Six. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, this is awesome. The Manchurian oh, Candidate. And The Player, which is actually one of my all-time favorites. You know, my first job at Mad TV, my office was the building they use in that six-minute tracking shot at the beginning of The really? Player. Really? Yeah, when he's riding the wow. bike messenger and all that. That was the exact building that we were in at Mad TV. Uh, the one I'm just going to pick out as a quick recommendation, by the way, because not many people have heard of this movie or seen this movie, is The American Friend, which is a film by Vim Vendors, starring Dennis Hopper. 
And it's based on the uh, Patricia Highsmith novel, Ripley's Game. So it basically is not a sequel, but it's further down the story arc of Tom Ripley, the character that Matt Damon plays in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Right, yes. So Dennis Hopper plays an older Tom Ripley working in Germany in like the 1970s. And that one's open, right? Because yes. that's one of the ones my friend borrowed and he gave me the same spiel. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And Dennis Hopper plays that slightly older sociopath perfectly. I never nice. saw The Talented Mr. Ripley. It's supposed to be good, right? I it probably is, yeah, should. yeah. So long ago. Should probably check it out. I can also recommend, incidentally, uh, a couple of films I've seen because it's BAFTA time. Eye in the Sky. I saw it. Yeah, it's very decent. Really decent. And the founder, Michael Keaton, doing the whole history of McDonald's. Really. Oh, uh, you know what? Interesting I saw. Stuff. Did you tweet about that? I did. I saw your tweet, and I love your when you tweet about movies like that because that's how I saw Jack Reacher. Was because you ah. tweeted about it. Um, I have a Jack Reacher book for you in my bag that I forgot as part of your Christmas present, but I give you those anyway. Thank you. But I got I got you this, Matt, oh. because I know you're a fan. <gasps> a Melisandre Game of Thrones wobblehead, pobblehead. They're pop dolls. They pop like make dolls. them for right. everything. People like collect uh, them or whatever. A, is there a button you press where she gets her boobs out? Because she does that every episode. It doesn't look like there's much room for boobs in there. It's all about the head. Oh, that's it's all about fantastic. the head with the pop dolls. And uh, I also got you this. My friend Asterios, who's a really, really funny comedian, published a book this year called uh, Toys for Cheap. It's just uh, like a... The magic of toys will shut up your child. It's it's like a fake toy catalog, basically. That uh, <laughs> My like digital that stepdad. I there will you go. look at that. Thank you ever so much, Joe. You're very, very kind welcome. Of you. Thank awesome. you, Joe. Fa -la 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 -la. What else is up? Okay, so... Uh, I was going to say, we are in danger of uh, antagonizing Daniel Negreanu, who recently tweeted that he hates it when he listens to a podcast on a specialist subject and the hosts, quote, drone on about everything except their subject. And the irony is that... Both myself and the host of the 2 Plus 2 PokerCast thought he was talking about us. I didn't think he was talking about us because I don't really think that anyone expects this show to be about poker. Like, there's very little poker content in here. I will get to the poker very shortly. I just <laughs> have... I met a whole bunch of celebrities doing this charity poker thing. I met this dude named Tyler Posey who's apparently, like, incredibly famous. He does. He's on Teen Wolf. Um, which is a show I, I didn't know either. No. I really didn't. Uh, Did I, he tell you, hi, I'm incredibly famous? No, he was like super humble, actually. And when I mentioned, I was doing like an interview and when I mentioned how famous he is, I was like, I didn't realize how famous you are. He's like, I don't think I've realized it yet. And he brought his very attractive Disney girlfriend with him, who's this girl named Bella Thorne. Um, is that, that the name I, of the character in the Twilight movies? No, it's I don't know. It is Bella, but I don't know what Bella's last. Oh, when name you is say like Disney princess, was she like a drawing? Was it like a life size? That's right. Yeah, she was like Elsa, <laughs> big eyes. No, apparently she's like one of these Disney stars, like a Miley Cyrus type of person. Um, that and she's a redhead, so I was just like completely like just mm, mush around Melisandre. her. I got to meet Tony Hawk. Cool. And nice. I did. I was trying to. The company I was working for wanted me to do these like awkward sort of interviews. So oh, they got like, the right man. So you yeah. were. <laughs> You were sideline reporting. You were yes. basically doing what Tony Siragusa used to do on NFL games before Fox realized it didn't work. Yeah, and they wanted me to do like this sort of Dennis Penis type stuff. And so I had this one gag where I was going to tee them up to tell a really long story and then hand them the mic and walk away like I'm <laughs> bored. And Tony Hawk started telling like a fairly long story and I handed them the mic and I walked away and I felt fucking terrible. <laughs> like I felt so bad. I'm like, this guy is a gigantic star yeah. um, and he's doing me a favor and I just was like so rude to him. So I bailed on the bit. Like I came back in frame like five seconds later. So yeah. it makes no sense whatsoever. Probably ruined it. 
after that happened, I was supposed to do one with Chuck Liddell, and, oh. and his people were like, we want to see the questions. They were like, they wanted to go over the whole thing with me first. Uh, I played one of my stupid games with him, and then uh, I did one with this girl from uh, from Orange is the New Black. She plays this chick named Flacca, uh, Jackie Cruz, and she touched me a lot during the interview. She was like one of those, and she, she kept accidentally or sort of on purpose rubbing her gigantic boobies on me. <laughs> So that was a really good day, but that came after one of the hellish weeks I ever had, which was the GPL playoffs. Event recap. Event recap. In case you're wondering, this track, courtesy of Audio Network, is called Global. No, I thought it was called Disaster because that would be more <laughs> accurate as to what happened to the GPL. No, the GPL was I have to fine. Say, the final seems to get a certain amount of traction. I think the final, which was what, best of 11 between the... Yeah, best of fucking 11. <laughs> 11. Can you believe this? Ridiculous. And this was between the Berlin Bears and the Montreal Nationals. Yeah. And the Montreal Nationals were mainly Canadian players. The Berlin Bears were Sorel Mizzy. Yes. Bill Perkins. Bill Perkins, who as far as I'm concerned is not like in the GPA, GPI top... He was a, a wild card pick. Okay. And Brian Rass. Who I believe is also a wild card pick, because I don't think he's... Right. Oh, he might be in the GPL because of his high roller wins and shit so, like that. But... but crucially, no Germans. No Germans were present. Now, Phil Gruesome is the team captain of the Berlin Bears. He was not there. Um, But it seemed to me that at least when it got to that final between these two teams... The viewership seemed to like be rising again, and I think it became like the number one poker stream on Twitch at that moment. Yeah, we had like the first day was the numbers were pretty bad, if I remember correctly. The second day we ended up on the Twitch homepage for a little bit, so we had like five thousand people watching at some point on day two, and then day three we were like over eighteen hundred viewers for most of the day, and then over that even for at certain points. So decent now, viewership, but James, I did fourteen and a half hours of commentary the first day. <laughs> Got done at three in the morning, went back to my hotel, slept for two hours, we did, did, our, the did our podcast, then did 14 and a half hours again the next day. And then luckily, the third day was only eight hours. But it still went to the 11th game, it right? Went to the, it went so the best of best of 11, which means first team to six wins, and it went all the way to fucking 11. Unbelievable. I'm going to remind you this in Prague when we get emailed our schedule and you go, oh, God damn it, i got to start and i got to do... Oh, why have we got four shifts and James is going at three? I'm just going to remind you of your 15-hour non-stop days for the you GPL. You can remind me that. Now, the one thing where the GPL, where I sort of don't... It's not that I don't... That I one's better than the other. And the GPL, I was able to give less fucks. <laughs> and so when I decided, like, I was done talking about poker, like, there was one point where there was a software glitch... And they're like, we got to reboot. We don't know how long it's going to be. Phil. Uh, by the way, they're trying very hard at the GPL, but they're understaffed, right? And there are no producers. There's no one like deciding what the content is. So every time they cut to me, I have no idea how long I'm going to be on camera for. Sometimes it's usually like four minutes. Sometimes it's 17. Wow. So when we went down with the software that glitch, it took about 15 minutes to come back up maybe 20 i don't really know so i decided i was just going to recap the movie nine lives with kevin spacey where he, <laughs> he goes into the body of a cat minute by minute nice i did it for about 13 minutes before eventually bill perkins and brian rass took pity on me and came into the booth um so that was fun <laughs> so, question mark just to be clear the montreal nationals won season one of the gpl yes. not the las vegas money makers 
because I have seen so many people congratulating Chris okay. Moneymaker on his team's victory. So, as a troll, uh, Doug Polk decided that he was going to just announce that the Moneymakers won because he didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> and I watched his... I've never seen one of his videos before, and I watched his recap of, uh, of the GPL. He had some points. A lot of it just seemed like like sour like i'm not a part of this so i'm gonna make fun of it kind of thing um but i was just happy they didn't mention me specifically <laughs> i'm watching this thing being like oh my god please just don't please just don't which do brings it. me to the joe stapleton part of right my, yeah. and i was like oh, oh god because i i feel like i was like a little obviously like biased watching it and like a little butthurt over some of it but like you know he, he had some decent points i just it's easy to make fun of things when you're not actually creating things for yourself you know what i mean yeah. like it's easy and like one piece of advice somebody gave me a long time ago was like, the fat girl can't make fun of the pretty girl without making herself look bad too. You know what I mean? Like, I think that like it kind of, but then again, I was doing the same shit probably when I was starting out, like making fun of stuff. That's how I made my, my name to start off with. So I, I don't know. It's also the route that Doug's chosen to go down. His stuff is quite snide, quite snipey. And yeah. It, it, that's, that's, that's the direction but, he's chosen to go in. Yeah. It's a bit like you're saying about asking Tony Hawk a question, walking off. I was asked to do that kind of like edgy, like be nasty to these people. And I just couldn't do it. And I think, You've got to go with your nature. If your nature right. is to be nice I can't and chubby, sell it, yeah. if you're the guy that's just snipey and Charlie Brookery and like kind of just going to rip everything apart, then good luck to you. But it's not my bad. Yeah. So did it end on a high? Did it end on people it, th saying, "Wow, we're really looking forward to season two? It ended um, really well uh, in that uh, the players themselves who participated really seemed to have fun. And well, that's important, right? Yeah. So like, you know, Mike McDonald's not the kind of guy that's going to, like, say he loves your product if he doesn't. In fact, he'll he'll say exactly what he thinks. At the end of all this, when they interviewed the winners, Mike said the nicest thing about the GPL. He was like, I was sweating this more than some of the biggest tournaments I was playing in. There was a lot at stake here for us. Uh, we all had a blast. I went out with uh, the... Mike had to leave early, but I went out with the rest of the Canadian team that night. Marc-Andre Ladoussoir and Pascal LaFrancois and... Um, Jason Lavallee. Jason Lavallee. We we all went out that night. had a, had a really good time. Um, I think that it is important that we support this kind of thing just because we are all look. If it's successful, it's good for all of us. There's you know everybody will benefit from more eyeballs being on poker and more people being into poker. So well, I'm going to try to segue seamlessly from the GPL to this week's guest because he was a part of the Global Poker League at the start, partnered with Griffin Benja on covering some of those early matches. Basically, Joe, Matt, we're covering Prague this week. We're previewing Prague rather, and I felt that just like when we went to Dublin and we. We spoke to Max Silver. We need to speak to someone who knows the city, who's going to give us an insider's view. And that is why we are welcoming the squid back to EPT Not Live. And we say hello to Mr. Sam Grafton. Wow. I'm coming in after Max Silver. The bar has been set on. <laughs> I mean, Max Silver was on a while ago. Uh Sam, in preparation for this, I forgot that you don't actually live in Prague anymore. Uh, how long have you been out of there? I think I moved in like April. I moved to uh, Warsaw in April. Uh, that's Warsaw, Warsaw, capital of Poland, because <laughs> I get a very funny look from people when they think I've moved to Warsaw, <laughs> outside of Birmingham. Beautiful, I had beautiful. an extended conversation with Paul Newey, 
where he thought we were going to be close neighbours <laughs> <laughs> in Birmingham, me and Walsall, before the uh, you know before the before the uh, ambiguity was resolved. But yeah, so but I lived there for eighteen months, and a, a great eighteen months it was. I'm American, so I don't know where any of the cities are you just mentioned. Um, <laughs> Sam, did you end up leaving Prague because you got thrown out for being too loud? Because I don't know if you guys yeah. remember, I went out with Sam in Prague last year yes. after EPT, and we were in a bar, and Sam actually got shushed <laughs> by a waitress who told him he was being too loud. And I was, uh, Sam is loud, but I, I was furious. I was really angry. I was like, we're in a bar, not a library. <laughs> yeah, it's happened several times. The one that I get continually reminded about is we were in a, we were, I went out with the English guys in Barcelona, and we were on the seafront. And we went into a bar, specifically, it's just a shot bar, yeah? You just stand and have shots. And it was like, they were playing, like, really, really loud music. And the manager actually came from behind the bar <laughs> through a group of people who were standing around the bar. You know, it's full of, like, teenagers on holiday. And then they just came up to me and were like, you need to keep it down. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty absurd, for sure, for sure. <laughs> So uh, after I left Prague, I think you were relatively new there at the time. What did you discover about the city? What hidden gems? Is there anything that you can recommend to us for this next yeah, trip? Of course. Well, where me, where we, we took you out um, to a vegan well, restaurant, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So we went to Krimska. So there's a place called Plevel, which means I think roots or weed. The weeds, like we, as in, story oh, checks out. It was pretty weedy. That kind of bar, um, which is a vegetarian restaurant, but that's on Krimska, which is a little area in Prague Ten. And if you remember, we went the bar I got shushed in is a place called Cla Cafe Slodovsky, which is a very, I think you all agree, state. It's like got a, a very Czech flavor, but it's also very welcoming. And then around that area, we went to another bar. Remember, we went, went I took you downstairs, and they had uh, Czech hip hop. Yes, there was like a white rapper just going nuts on the mic. like a sweaty white dude. Yeah, exactly. Downstairs, they always have live music and then you can drink. And that's in a bar. Music. I what that bar called, but that's between Plevel and Kavisodovsky. So that's a bit of a hidden, hidden gem. Basically, if you don't want to go out in the golden triangle of, of bars by the old town, which is where like all the tourists go, um, that is, you know, a, a bit of a different scene and, and is really good. good. If you do go out to the bars in old town where like Harley is and James Dean bar, which I think a lot of people know. There's a little, there's a little bar just nearby called Bar and Books where you have to press a buzzer, and then they let you in and you get a table and they have cocktails and cigars. And they are, and and Hartigan, you'll love this. They only they have TVs up. There's two of them. Yeah. And they have all the TVs up and they only show James Bond films. Oh, why am I not in this bar right now? <laughs> that is true. I actually took Tony Dunst there. And we, we, I was like, I, I, when we got in there, I told him they're only playing Bond movies. And we looked over and I was like, name the Bond film. I had no idea. And he actually, it was Never Say Never Again. And he got it after a few, I was pretty impressed. I'm, now, now, Never Say Never Again is not officially part of the it's Bond It's an easy canon. one to spot because James Bond's like 150 years old in it. It's the one that takes place in the retirement home. It's, but also <laughs> it's not actually one of the official Bond films. I don't think they should be screening that uh -oh. in this bar. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah, so maybe we, after uh, EBT wraps up, we can all go there for a drink. You and me can chat states, and Harkin can be at the bar. <laughs> Just masturbating. I think that one is James Bond, B-A-H-N-D. Like, that's how they, like, wow. the official Bond, James Bond, because it's not an actual but, Bond but, movie. 
B-O-N-D with a silent E. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to hijack this entire segment with Bond trivia, but bear in yeah. mind that mm. Roger Moore is older than Sean Connery. So Roger Moore in A View to a Kill is the oldest Bond has ever been, 58 years old. Yes, but that one doesn't take place in a retirement community. It wasn't a retirement community. <laughs> it's definitely it was a health spa. <laughs> it's the same thing, man. <laughs> Sam, have you ever seen... Uh, can you tell me where I can track down that this Prague taxi? I keep seeing on the internet. Have you? Did you see that around at all? What's that? What's that? Uh, it's just this video on the internet. You know what? I don't want to ruin the surprise. You just Google Prague Taxi. Um, oh, okay. Well, th that is actually worth saying to people that haven't gone. Do check with the taxi drivers. Do agree. Basically, there's plenty of fine taxi companies. So you can find a legit taxi company from someone and they have apps and stuff. Or you can get Uber. But don't just walk into a taxi by the train station and expect them to not try and rip you off. Like, it's a bit of a shame because so much stuff in Prague is good. But that is something to look, look out for, um, for sure. Uh, just moving on from, from Prague for a second. I got some questions about your life. What's up with that cat, bruh? Oh my, uh, Chomsky! Yeah, he's 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 slinking around at the moment. Yeah, it's um, uh, Sam. I'm really sorry. That cat's fucking terrifying. He's <laughs> not cat. Um, yeah, the Sphinx. So so yeah, I have a Sphinx cat, which I in in uh, in the hopes of attention and likes that we all need on social media. I posted a picture of me with my beautiful cat. I think he's he's gorgeous. If you ever met him, Stakes, he's just absolutely the most adorable thing. No, he's like a monkey and a rabbit. And a cat all rolling. And a monster. Well, the thing is, because just to clarify, Sam, for people who haven't seen pictures, a sphinx is a hairless cat. So this is basically like Mr. Bigglesworth in the Austin Powers films, right? Exactly. exactly, exactly yeah. They are a little bit creepy, although apparently very hot. Yeah, he's like a... He's like a... He he comes in at night and sleeps... Well, this is going to sound like... But he sleeps between my legs in a little <laughs> that I made. Mm -hmm. And it's like a hot water bottle, basically. Yeah. Uh, James, you love cats. Do you think that you would be as attached to a hairless cat as you are to the See, fluffy kind? I prefer the hairy ones. I'm more of a kind of ragdoll Maine Coon kind of guy. Oh, wow. He knows the breeds and everything. Sam, a couple of tweets that you sent recently. Did you really not get let into a casino because you had some like controversial literature in your back pocket? Well, yeah, I did. So I tried to go into a casino in uh, Romania. And like, they didn't like pad me down on social media, but I just had poking out of my pocket a paperback novel and uh, I got in a little bit of dinner theatre with the security guard because he was like, no, you're not allowed to book. And I was like, "What? why? What am I going to do? Like, hit someone with it? He was like, no books. And then I was like, oh, so because in case I start, like, reading it and <laughs> you know, like, the idea that maybe you're going to, like, not do your money gambling on roulette because you're sat with a Graham Greene novel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of appealed to me, the idea that, like, somehow literature was sort of dangerous or, you know, like, literature was so powerful, people might be drawn to the book in my pocket rather than, you know, the blackjack or the uh, Baccarat. It's just but, so ridiculous, too, because, like, look, not to be, like, xenophobic or nationalistic or whatever, but, like, Romania, really, I think, if anything, they need more books, right? Not less. Oh, coming from an American, I don't know. What <laughs> That's fine. I can take the Touché. shots back. No problem. Bucharest. I don't know. Come on, mate. I bet you there was more. Amer it, it, I actually went into a bookshop in, in uh, the old town of Bucharest, and I'm pretty sure there was more American novels in translation to Romanian than if I go into a, a store in LA that I find Romanian literature translated into. I am sure that is the case. <laughs>
Just returning to Prague for a second, Sam, we talked about staying away from the touristy stuff, but of course there will be people coming in the run-up to Christmas who want to do the touristy stuff, like the Christmas yep. market. Uh, what, what else are good places to see, especially during daytime? Yeah, of course. So you can do a lovely stroll, basically, from the top of Wenceslas Square, Vaklavsky Namesti, um, and you can you can start there and, and walk through, which is there, sort of Champs-Élysées, there's very beautiful hotels and there's lots of uh, um, bars and bookshops and such like to 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 stop in. You can do some shopping and you could just you know walk almost in a straight line then you go through some winding streets just get your google maps up it's very short distance to the old town um and then you can walk through the old uh, old town square see the uh, the famous clock and then to the charles bridge Walk across the Charles Bridge, which is which is breathtaking, particularly if you go early in the morning or late in the evening, uh, where it's not so cluttered. And um, and then you go to the John Lennon Wall, which is a sort of famous protest site where there's an area in homage to John Lennon where people put up graffiti and Beatles quotes. And you know, during communism, was a site of um, sort of subversion, and now is a sort of tourist attraction to have some take some photos on the Charles Bridge and then take some photos in front of the graffiti. And that's, that's a really, really like lovely, lovely stroll that I would, uh, would recommend. Sam, you personally, when you do this stuff, do you take the time to appreciate it? Because I walked across the Charles Bridge last year and I was like, fuck, this is like Oxford Street without the stores. It was so crowded. And yeah. then I got to the John Lennon wall and I was like, okay, I saw it and I walked away. Like, I, I don't really like take this stuff in. Like, do you reflect, do you like think about things as you're doing it? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that. I mean, if you start the, if you're at the top of Wenceslas Square, there's a, there's a little mound in front of, um, in front, like by the statue of Wenceslas, just across the road from the statue of Wenceslas, which is uh, a memorial to two students who burned themselves to death in, and the year was like 1986 or something Jesus. like that. Jesus. But um, you know, and there's a, they people put flowers there. And, you know, you think how recently Soviet, you know, so the Soviets were in control of the Czech Republic and the, and the Prague's ring and the history there. And then the older medieval history of Prague. I think that I think that that does have a can have an effect on you. And, and especially if you think of what John Lennon represents or, you know, like it's how, how beautiful, like as an English person, when we're rejecting Europe, that they still have a relationship with our culture or there's that interchange throughout Europe of, the Beatles being an inspiration to people protesting in Prague and the Prague's being bringing an inter uh, inspiration to, uh, you know, students throughout the world or, or, or whatever it might be, that, those kind of cultural interchanges, particularly now I'm lucky enough to be able to live abroad uh, at least for a time. You know, I, I think that that is, can be, can be touching and can be moving. And of course, you can just appreciate it on a simple level of there'll be some witty graffiti and, you know, like some amazing things as well as the amazing statues on Charles Bridge. So it can be appreciated on, on all sorts of levels, I think. Well, I have to say that intellectual outlook on life you've just given us, Sam, segues perfectly into the dumb game that <laughs> Joe Stapleton has prepared for you. Uh, because, as you know, we never let a guest get away without having to compete for no prizes and generally embarrass themselves on air. No, I, I, I knew that was part of the deal. I'm fully prepared to engage in one of the states' I'm more than happy. Wonderful, Sam, because this one's called That's Not Punny. <laughs> and this is going to be a new, like, I think I'm going to do this game regularly. Basically, you have to answer these trivia questions in the form of a pun using this week's pun word, which is Prague. 
Okay, so uh, we're gonna start you off on an easy one. If you don't, if you don't understand the game, I'll give James the easy one. But I think you'll get this. Ready? Okay. I fell into the Vlatava River and ended up with mild hypothermia. At least that was the doctor's. What? Uh, prognosis. That's correct. Oh, he nailed it. That is punny. That's okay. that's what we have to say, by the way, when he gets it right. That's punny. Okay, that is funny. But Question. Number two, I have a friend who writes code for the Czech IBM. He's a computer what? Programmer. Programmer <laughs> is correct. Question three, it's classic video game by Atari where a small amphibian must make its way across Parishka Street. Uh, that's not funny. I don't know. James? Matt Broughton, this is right in your wheelhouse. Frogger. Frogger is correct. I forgot you can uh, you can jerk a James or or beg a Broughton in this game. Uh, number four, a folk rock song written by John Denver about the euphoric feeling achieved by spending time in the Czech capital. That's not funny. That is not funny. Anyone here in the studio? I'm afraid my knowledge of John Denver songs is not that good. I'm, I'm not good. We're looking for Proggy Mountain High. Uh, okay. Proggy Mountain High. Question five. A multinational conglomerate responsible for the products you would find in a drogery, including a product called Clear Blue to check if you are pregnant. That's not funny. That's an experience you've had many more times than me, I think. I've got it. James has got this one. Procter & Gamble. Procter yes. & Gamble is correct. Question number six, this 1994 Coen Brothers comedy starring Pavel Newman. Ah, in 1994, um... Uh, uh, Prago. What was that? Prago. Prago is... Incorrect. That's it's funny as hell, though. Hudsucker Proxy. The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, Prago would have been so much better. Where, where's Prago? <laughs> Prago. I guess. Maybe next time. Uh, we'll see you in a year for that one. Uh, just three more to go here, that's all. Uh, if you pulled a prank on Dubin Blazen Day, <laughs> you might call it a... April Prague Day? I don't know. Dubin Blazen Day would be April Fool's Day. Yeah, April Prague Day. No, the prank might be called a... Uh... Practical joke. Practical <laughs> joke. That is funny. How did you get that? Question number eight. In the Czech version of Police Academy, what is the name of Lieutenant Harris's lackey? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's not funny. Pragta! Move it. Move it. Move it. Okay. Last question. Question number nine. I can always count on my friend Sam. To deal with things sensibly and realistically, he is very... Practical. I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. I also would have accepted pragmatic. Very oh. pragmatic. Sam Grafton, thanks a lot. You're a good sport, buddy. So you will, in fact, be in Prague, yes? Of course, mate. I'm flying in an hour and a half. Excellent. I hope to see you there. Hopefully we can go out and eat some more weeds. For sure. For sure. We'll definitely have to make that happen. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, our thanks to Sam, but let's really get the Prague preview well and truly underway as we go into the lobby uh, with some more festive music than we're used to for this segment of the show.
Because going to Prague at this time of year is a bit like visiting a winter wonderland. It kind of is. Like, I'm pretty jaded. I'm I'm a dick. I don't, like, have a lot of reverence for things, but Prague at wintertime's pretty cool. But let's see this from the point of view of the three commentators, the production team, and indeed all the people watching at home. You're not going to get to enjoy that winter wonderland. You're going to be either sat in a room broadcasting poker <laughs> or sat in a room watching three people broadcast poker. And that's what we're going to talk about now. Yes. The webcast schedule for Prague. Uh, three events to cover. We've got the 50k Super High Roller that kicks off the festival. We've got the 2k Eureka High Roller. And of course the EPT Prague main event, the final EPT main event, last chance to win a trophy. It all kicks off on December the 13th at 1 o'clock Central European time with the final table of the 50k event. That's cards up. The next day, the 14th, cards up on the 2k Eureka High Roller, also at 1 o'clock Central European time. And then five days of main event coverage. I want this music playing when James closes out the final broadcast of the final EPT when he's going to be oh. all emotional this week. And then Santa Claus is just going to walk in and wink at him and walk back <laughs> out of the room. Your Come on, special but... present, Jimmy, is that we're going to keep the EPT running for season 14. <laughs> EPT forever! Yeah, so main events day two through five. Obviously, cards down starting at noon. And then the final day... I know it's a Monday, which is a bit weird to have the final weird, table yes. on a Monday. Uh, but yeah, Monday the 19th of December, cards up, EPT Prague main event, the final trophy will be handed out, and that live coverage starts at 1 o'clock Central European time. Every day, pokestars.tv slash live. You know, yesterday when James wasn't feeling well, I suggested that, you know, since you were coming in, he should just take the day off from this, but I was like, yeah. who's going to do all this fucking stuff? Yeah. I mean, all I this, don't even like, know what website to go to. Listing kind of and stuff. times I just, and... Fun. I mean, I'm just excited for the fourth year running to attempt to find the winter market. It because I have still Wait, never, have you never been. I've never Let's go, man. It. Let's. I like it a lot because you just get super. Like they have all this mulled wine for like two euros, and you just get shit faced. Yeah, I don't know how because I mean it's not that big a city, but I have still yet. I mean, in fairness, I never look at a map. I just like putting on my like my headphones and walking off into a city. And normally, I find the things that I plan to find. Prague, no. Never been to the winter. It'll market. be a Christmas miracle. Take me, Uncle Chaddy. Take me. <laughs> so that's another reason why it's worth having Matt in because he can now learn what he's going to be doing from the 13th <laughs> to the 19th of December. Yeah. I, I wasn't paying attention. I'm easy. I checked I'll, out. Completely. I'm sure someone will email me anyway. <laughs> now, of course, we've got the free roll every day, uh, and that'll be at the usual time of 9.15 Central European time, $2,000 in the prize pool. We'll give out the password every day on the stream so you can register for that one. And we're also bringing back the EPT Live Bounty Bonus Tournaments. These run slightly earlier in the day at four o'clock because the idea is that you play alongside your favorite webcast commentators. Or the ones who are there. $150 bounties on stapes. The Waster and Jay Hart. Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho. And also, I've got some uh, great new competitions that won't get used. There's, <laughs> there's Matt Brown's. Well, that can't be right. Yes. And also, uh, I'll be premiering cosplay on PokerStars, which is a fantastic Photoshop abomination. You're welcome. Awesome. Let your let your imagination run wild with that one. Well, we actually do have a regular scheduled competition, which I'll go into in more detail in a moment. But just remember, if you want to claim the tickets. For the bounty bonus tournament, you need to log into Poker School online. So you don't have to be a new customer. Existing uh, subscribers can also log in and claim their tickets. If you haven't signed up yet, it's free to join. 
What should people do if they have a question about their individual place where they live if they don't have poker school? Because this is something we... They, they can email support, right? They can, but what I'd like to think is that... Bear in mind, the bounty bonus tournaments only run during our main event coverage. So we've got two days to really get into the nitty-gritty and make it abundantly clear which countries can take part well, let's in Let's make this sure promotion. we do that ahead of time this time. So when people are like, I'm from Estonia too. Yeah, but... Which is a... It's smaller Estonia. <laughs> it's like the sequel. It's just right. a follow-up country. I think it's worth pointing out, though, Joe, that we did also have some issues with the tickets last time right. around. We did have some glitches, which were really annoying, and hopefully... Glitches. We won't <laughs> repeat those problems in Prague, but if you do have any issues accessing tickets, trying to register for the games, there is no point talking to us. We can't change anything. Supportthepokestars.com is the best place to go. So, yeah, the competition we're running every day is linked to the Christmas calendar. So you know that every day you open the window on the Christmas calendar? The Advent the calendar. The Advent calendar, yeah. yes, yes. And it basically gives you a daily challenge. And so we're going to make sure that our competition is linked to that. So cool. if you're doing that daily challenge, we're giving you two chances to win, basically. The prize for doing the challenge and a prize for our own contest. And we're giving away Monday Million tickets because, of course, where Christmas and New Year fall this year, the Sunday Million is being pushed to a Monday. Cool. So $215 tournament tickets up for grabs. Hey, speaking of play on Poker Stars, I did I played two of those beat the clock tournaments. Oh yeah. So I did one at the Christmas lunch and uh, you know, I got it in good and lost. And I was like, this is stupid. But then on the way home in the cab, I played one more and I finished second in it. I made 150 bucks. Yeah, they're they're quite good. I played a few. Play on Poker Stars. Play on Poker Stars. By the way, don't I don't care either. I don't care if there's bad juju or whatever. All the all these pros want to be like, don't play them. They're fun. They're fun. I like them. I don't disagree with you. And talking of fun, let's talk about hashtag stars fun. Uh, because obviously we've got to find something Ooh. to film for the podcast. Although actually, we need to talk about this. There might not be the opportunity to do that. We might have to keep it simple in Prague. Really? We've got a good guest though. Next week's show, Luca Pagano. Huge bucks, Broncos. I kind of feel we're coming full circle. Because Luca was at the first ever EPT in Barcelona in 2004. Made the final table. He's going to be at the last ever EPT. So I thought he'd be a good guest for our uh, final episode of EPT Not Live. It feels like we've watched him grow up. You know, when, you, when you see, you know, you realise how long this has been going. When you see him in the early days and see him now, he's, he's matured into a handsome young man. He, uh... He, he really has. He's he's grown on all of us. What uh, What's the star f Stars fun? Well, here's the stuff that the players and people coming to Prague can take part in. Uh, Darius Knight is back. Yes! He's bringing his table tennis table back again. Remember, we, he had this table tennis challenge in Barcelona. It was ex incredibly popular. So they've decided to do the same thing again in Prague. I do know a lot of people said to, to me... You should have a table, just a just a table tennis table at every single event because it was just constantly being played People on. People do everyone love playing ping pong. It, it's yeah. just such an easy thing to kill either twenty minutes or twenty seconds with. So I think that's still a good as good shout. And obviously he'll be in town for the right to play charity event, which also takes place on the thirteenth of December. So both those stars fun activities running on that day. Uh, there's also indoor mini golf mm. uh, and indoor karting. Oh. And as usual, the dealer auditions, which take place on the last day and ensure that uh, we can't actually take part. And can you confirm we are available for any of those things that sound incredible? No. Excellent. Well done. Let's talk about last night's TV show. TV Recap. And in all seriousness, we are running a little bit long, so I don't know whether there's that much to say about the show, other than that it was a little bit different because we don't normally cover side events. Yeah. 
We don't normally cover stuff from the local tour, but in this instance, I'm glad we did because I really love the vibe at this final table. It was the Estrella's 2K event, the high roller event on the local tour from Barcelona. And it was, you know, not players that we necessarily knew that well, but they were an interesting bunch. They were a colorful bunch. And I just thought it was quite a good vibe. I Since I got it wrong at the top of the show, can you just give me like a refresh of who exactly <laughs> you're talking about? So like everyone starts with two cards, but you are the only person that can see those. Those are the hold cards. Joe, let me just ask a more practical question. Yeah. Have you seen the TV show? No, I didn't watch it last night. I mean, Do, I, do I, you remember I, voicing I, it? I know I, I did voice it. Okay. Uh, we had three Austrians, Michael Cano, Josip Simonich, and Stefan Jedlicka. Okay, all right. We had Philippe da Costa, the Brazilian guy who had the big rail with Andre Akari yes. and yeah. Enrique. Okay, no, I do remember this. I like. I, I just want to make sure I got it right. And it also had, and my favorite part of the show, was the um, introducing the guys all as superheroes, the kind of comic strip. That was very fun. Yes, that was super fun. I assume you didn't see it either, but... Uh, Correct. Man, that was... I just couldn't stay up that late last night to rewatch it. I just wasn't going to be... So just to be clear, we're recapping a TV show that only one of us has actually seen. Well, to, you be go, fair, James. To, in your own time. to be fair, well, first of all, the show's really running long. I mean, I've seen it, but I just, you know, who's got the time to talk about <laughs> it right now? I'll be honest. I had a really big drinking session with my dad, and I, I'm, surprised, really? I'm surprised I'm here. How's so. your dad doing? He's very well, thank you. He's good? He's all right, cool. Look, at this step, I remember that I was rooting actively very hard against Stefan Yelichka for this. You know why? Because he gave me one-word answers during his winter interview the uh, first time he won something. Or is this the first time? This is the first time. Yes. Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, he wins something later, everybody. Spoiler alert. It happened in real life. It doesn't really matter. It, don't worry, because it's not televised. He did win this, which was kind of his first major trophy, the first thing he'd actually won. Yeah. And then, do you remember in Malta was exactly the same event yes. the 2k high roller that's on the why local i'm confused tour. and then at the end of the festival i think he won the 10k high roller as well so he just went on an absolute tear of winning high rollers so you were hating on a guy who hadn't done yet what made you hate him correct wow that's kind of like kissing your parents i could be wrong how do you did, know what i'm going to desperately try to rescue this show by how, moving on to the how did, hold on segment. hold on hold on how did, on how did the winner interview go on tv did we air it 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 made the cut you didn't really answer the first question I actually think it was fine. It was fine? Fine. Okay. That's good. That's, that's, that's a, what I'm aiming for is fine, really. You know, you're the man that strives for fine on a as daily long as basis. It does, as long as it doesn't end up in a Doug Polk video, I'm perfectly okay with it. In all seriousness, it's a fun final table. Watch it play out. Pokestars.tv, unless you're in the UK and Ireland, in which case you should go to channelfort.com slash poker. Right, super fan time. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So for the first time in the history of this podcast, we have a Russian superfan on EPT Not Live. Please welcome to the show from Moscow, Artem Korolev. Yay, oh, hi, oh wow, my. good, awesome. Oh my God, this hey. is such a great, day from from in my life i'm, I'm, I'm just <laughs> i guess i'm just gonna blow up right now i was gonna say maybe he had a hard time answering the skype call the first time because he was making sure he had clean underwear on <laughs> artem you're way too happy about this just raining in a little matt you, you've been to his house before I've had a virtual <laughs> tour of his house because he was part of one of the twitch casts i did and he very kindly when i said 
like pick up your laptop, walk us round. He took us on a, on a webcam view around his house and out the window. It was I, I felt did. I felt like I've been there. I, it's it's good to it's good to talk to you again. Yes, but uh, right now I uh, I'm at work, and actually I don't know if you guys know, but I almost screwed up this <laughs> thing today because yesterday I I don't know why, but just for some incredible reason I. I went online to check about the time zones, GMT time and everything. And I learned that, you know, the the time that we're supposed to be on, I'm in the middle of the radio show here in Moscow. <laughs> You're and I was like, doing oh, a radio show right now? Uh, yeah, yes, I'm, uh, I'm a sound guy. You know, the guy who's behind the glass, waving hands, pressing buttons, you know, that kind of guy. Yeah, we, we know that role really well. Pressing <laughs> sound effects and... <laughs> yes, yes, that's the one. So crucially, the one thing we know about that role is you can easily multitask and easily <laughs> do a guest spot on this podcast. Charles just looked up from his phone. What? <laughs> no, but, no, you know, you know, guys, I am very responsible. So I managed to find the guy who could cover my arse today. I got it. So that that explains why we had a hard time getting a hold of you right away. Now, yes. Artem, you and I, we've been talking for years, right? Didn't you like write to me like years ago when you were? You were Absolutely. on air talent. I think, I think it, it happened. I think like three years ago, two years ago. I don't remember. It's been it's been ages. Yes. And you Quite were like, far. "How do you make an interesting radio show every week?" And I was like, "Well, I'll let you know when it finally happens." <laughs> <laughs> Keep asking. No, guys. Uh, I I, w- I would like to just to take this opportunity to just say, uh, not because I'm on the show. I just just uh, take this opportunity and say, three of you, Matt, James, and Joe, you actually you changed my career. What? Uh, you wow. really did because uh, that was like a huge eye opener for me when I discovered your show that you can be entertaining just by being yourself and just telling stories. If the story is there, you, you can just make it uh, happen. So and that, know, wait, that even that even works for Russian people. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> but you know, I, I would just just say that I I did not nick. Any of your jokes, if it makes it better, I did not because it's some, sometimes just impossible to uh, translate them. Almost, <laughs> not all, because I don't believe in stealing them, but because they yeah. wouldn't translate. Uh, to be honest, mostly yeah. they don't work in English, so the chance <laughs> of them working in any other language is very, no, very no, minimal. No, I'm not being funny. It's just it, not, it, nor is it Joe. Has, has, has been a great influence for, for me and for my radio career as well. I used I used to be a broadcaster. I used to be a, a radio presenter. I did breakfast shows, drive time shows, what have you. So uh, I know what it is. Well, Artem, I'll tell you who else tells good stories apart from Joe Stapleton, and that is Michael Bay. And in 1998... <laughs> wow. Hard segue, by the way, is the name of Michael Bay's new movie. He told a doozy in the movie Armageddon... And I don't want to miss a thing! And you're not going to miss any of the questions that Matt Broughton has compiled on the movie Armageddon, uh, which you were almost embarrassed to select as your specialist subject, Artem. Why? It's a great film. Well, it's rubbish. Come on, James. There's even a, wait, there's even a criterion collection for rubbish. Armageddon, isn't there? I actually think Armageddon and The Rock are Michael Bay's two best films, and I could watch them any day of the week. I think The Rock's fantastic. I think Armageddon's a, pe- is a steaming pile, but it's crazy watching. It's very entertaining. It is. So, so, you know, guys, you know, I was 11 when it first came out, and I, you know, 
I didn't care about how realistic it was. I just liked the picture, like Bruce Willis <laughs> and you know Ben Affleck, and and I I, I could not care less about Liv Tyrell because I was eleven. You know, I wow. I knew she was hot, but I just couldn't you know, know what to do with realize it. that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, are we ready to do this thing? Yeah, let's do it. I'm let's opening. Do. I'm opening the envelope. Superfan versus Stakes. Right, I'm opening the questions. James, as always, if you could be the scoremaster. On it. And, and also, this is the standard format. We've got five questions each, plus a tiebreaker. So I'm going to randomize this, if you could keep a note of what, what questions have been and sure. gone. I don't think I've seen this movie since I saw the movie. H having when said that... When was the last time you saw it? Like, I don't know, when did it come out? 1999? 98. Yeah, I, don't, I may not have seen it since then. However, I don't think it really makes a difference considering if I watch a movie yesterday, I get the same amount of yeah. questions right. <laughs> it's true. It's not going to make much odds. Okay, so uh, I guess you're our guest artist, so we'll let you pick a number between 1 and 10. Well, you, you know what I'm going to say. Is it always seven. It's coming always, 7? Always coming yeah. 7, yeah, absolutely. Okay, this is your first question then. So, as the crew prepare to launch, they gang murder a song. While Liv Tyler straddles Ben Affleck in a disturbing way, just to give you context, <laughs> name the tune they murder. Um, leaving uh, oh. on the jet plane. Leaving yes. on the jet plane. Correct. We had it. You know, in Russian, we we had it translated. So I I you know I watched it in English a couple of times, but I don't remember. I just remember those words. Leaving on a well, jet plane. Well, you got it. Well, you got it. There's a, there's actually a bonus as well. Can you name who that song is by? I have no clue, to be quite honest. Do you want to steal it, uh, Jim? In the Russian movie or the... Uh... Uh, the uh, standard <laughs> English. I think it's fair to say that all these questions relate to the English language version. They do, I didn't watch. I, I, I watched it, I watched it. It's, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Living on a jet plane, I should know this. Um, Steve Miller Band. It is not. Do you want to steal... Oh, no, you've already told me you don't. Okay, fine. <laughs> Forget that. I'm just going to keep going backwards and forwards between the two of you. Just, you get to, just, just keep naming However, yeah. for the first time ever in one of my quizzes, there's a bonus bonus. And Hang this on, what was the answer? Oh, sorry, the, the answer. Do you know it's really early for me, isn't it? John Denver. God damn it! Uh, so a bonus bonus back God to you, God damn it! So who gets the bonus, 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 bonus? This comes back to Arthur. Okay. Because he did get the original right. question. So can you tell me in order which three actors start the singing in excruciation fashion? So I can can't you... believe there's two John Denver questions in the same show, by the way. That's so, outrageous. So do you know who starts the singing, who continues it, and, and who finishes off? There's three actors get involved. Uh, that was uh, Ben Affleck. Correct. Who sang, sang first. Then, yes. Um, I think it was... I think it was uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, Rockhound. I'm geez. sorry, it wasn't. Uh, it was it was Ben Affleck, then Michael Clark Duncan, then right, Steve Buscemi. Okay, uh, good. Okay. Well, that was about 20 minutes of concept from one question. You guys, question. I, I just realized that the movie I was thinking of this whole time was Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, pick a number between 1 and 10, not 7. I can't tell if you're joking or not. <laughs> number 9. Joke. Number 9. Okay, when Steve Buscemi's character Rockhound gets space dementia, the shuttle crew employ the actual NASA protocol used for immobilizing a crazed crew member. What is that method? Oh uh, boy. St strapping him down to uh, a seat. Uh, can with? you tell me a little bit more about the strapping down? Uh, with a seatbelt. I no. can't give you no. that. Damn it. Artem, do you want to come in and steal this one? 
Of course, I, I remember this scene quite quite clearly. Well, just answer the question. I don't need a, don't need a big story. They, 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 they used the tape. They used the tape. What kind of tape did they use? Uh, I, I don't. Can I resteal? No. Do you know? I, I'm going to give you that. I'm just being pedantic. It was duct tape, but duct that tape. is the actual oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the actual NASA protocol used is to tie oh, someone wow. up with duct tape. So we're learning as well as having fun. Artem is two 0 up, by the way, and I believe it's his second question. Okay, give me a number. Congratulations, Artem. Enjoy your step C ticket. <laughs> Not seven or nine. Uh, okay, um, one then. Okay, correct. In a particularly painful scene, Ben Affleck spends an afternoon walking animal crackers around Liv Tyler's tits and tucking them into her knickers. <laughs> what? For a point each. You don't remember that scene? You don't no. remember? Oh, it's awful. It is like the most iconic scene in the movie, isn't it? I think the iconic scene in the movie is like them walking in slow motion towards the spaceship. Oh, that's just Michael. Or the kids waving, you know, no, no, stars no, no. This is like the scene in the movie. This is okay. the scene. You know the scene I'm talking about, don't you, Artem? Yes, of course. Absolutely. As a confused eleven-year-old kid, you got strange feelings, didn't you? So <laughs> yeah, a... it, it was it was confusing. Indeed. Okay, now you've got two points potentially here. For a point each, can you tell me which animals does Ben Affleck do a dreadful Discovery Channel voiceover during this incredibly awkward scene? Oh, I I know I would have got one of these before a, I went. That's with. a good one. That's it is. A good one. Thanks very much. I, um, I think it was some sort. It wasn't a horse. It was just um. Some, some sheep of some kind of them. Some sheep. Or a bull. Or a bull. You maybe. can't just name I, every animal you've ever heard of, by the way. He's named three animals now. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to pass this over to Joe. Can you tell me what he does? What, what he does or what animal? No, sorry, what? Uh, a giraffe. Incorrect. He does this whole thing back. And as we see, the gazelle. And he's oh, walking over a tits. Oh, and then he gets a cheetah comes along. It's Honestly, watch it again. It's horrendous. Clearly, I have not watched this film for a long time and may remember it far too fondly. And I actually, you know, I always like to be educational. I found yeah. out that all the stuff with Ben Affleck and Liv wasn't in the original script. They added it all because of the success with teenage audiences with all the stuff in Titanic. They rewrote all the stuff with AJ and Liv Tyler's character Ooh. and they went back and did it as reshoots. The and more you don't know. Wow. Okay, I don't want to give away okay. other questions. Um, uh, where are, who, who's a uh, question? It's Joe's it? second question. And I'm only up, I'm only down two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give us a number. Three. Okay, for a point each, can you name the two specialized shuttles launched to increase the chances of success? Two um, shuttles. Apollo and Diana. Incorrect. Artem, can you name me the two shuttles? Yes, it's freedom and independence. Correct and correct. Two points there. Shit. Now there's a bonus which comes to Artem now just to really cement this lead. Can you name the shuttle that is destroyed at the very start of the film as the first meteors hit Earth? It's, oh, while the, it's like while the wow. names are still coming up on the screen, it's right at the top of the, the film. Can I get out of this with, with some trivia? I know they cut this scene because some, like some years later, uh, another shuttle was down and then they felt like it was inappropriate to show the scene. It's a fascinating <laughs> story, but it's not relevant to the question. I'm afraid I just need two words. I just, Joe, can you steal this one? It's two words? Well, or one I'm, Because Joe is so far behind, I'm going to give him a clue. You're going there very soon. Czech Republic! <laughs> no, it was the Shuttle Atlantis. The Shuttle oh, Atlantis. Atlantis. It's the first thing where they think they're under attack from missiles. Great Russian clue, missiles, James. Artem. 
Um, okay, uh, once again, I've forgotten whose question it is next. It's uh, mine now. No. Oh. No, no, it's not. No, 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 no. I, I stole you, your question. You've had yeah. two questions each. Okay. Are there really six more to go? Yeah, pick a number. Uh, number two. <laughs> number two. Okay, the crew deliver a list of demands before embarking on the mission. Which of the following is not one of their demands? Okay. Uh-huh. To never pay tax again ever. To bring back Betamix tapes. A week at Caesar's Palace. A week at the White House. One of those is not on their list of demands. Yeah, the, the the second one is not. They uh, they wanted to get get eight track. Uh, Back, That's not, actually, not you know what, you've actually scored two points because the bonus was going to be that it is in fact not Betamax. What does he ask for? And he does ask to bring back eight track right. tapes. I would have at a, least got one of those. It's is, a score of 6 nil, by the way. <laughs> okay, Nailed Joe. Nailed pick it. Pick a number. Well, with steals, I could still do this. I, okay. Question one. Uh, We've had that. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect, Joe. Question two. Gone. Gone. I did three, four. <laughs> four, you get four. four. Okay. Armageddon was nominated for seven Razzie Awards, including Worst Actor, Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, <laughs> Worst Supporting Actress, uh, Worst Screen Couple, and Worst Original Song. However, only one Razzie was actually awarded. Which? Uh, can you go through the list again? Worst Actor, Bruce Willis. Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst Supporting Actress, Liv Tyler. Worst screen couple, Tyler and Ben Affleck, and worst original song. Worst screen couple. Fuck! Okay, do you, you can't wanna... steal a multiple I can't choice. Steal no, a multiple seven time. choices. There were seven choices. That's what I thought. Okay, no, that's fine. I can tell you that it was Bruce Willis is the only one that actually got hit with the Razzie for worst actor. <laughs> okay, Arson, back to you. James, what questions are left? Five, six, eight, and ten. I wonder Gosh. who won worst couple that year, if not those two. I don't know. Five, six, eight, or ten, Arson. Okay, it's, it's going to be Titanic. Five. Okay. The film opens with a history lesson about how the dinosaurs were wiped off the earth by a piece of rock just six miles wide. Which famous actor supplied the voiceover? Was it Charlton Heston, Peter O'Toole, Malcolm McDowell, or James Earl Jones? (laughs) (laughs) I would go with the first one. That's absolutely Heston. correct. It was Charlton Heston. I didn't even realise yeah. this. It's only because I did go back and watch the film to do the quiz. And I thought at the beginning, I kind of recognised wow. that voice, but I don't remember Good it. Good trivia question. Okay, over to Joseph. Down 7 nothing. You are down 7 nothing. You have <laughs> 6, 8 and 10 available to you. 6! Okay. One of the first casualties of the initial Meteor City Strike is a New York Street vendor. What is he selling? Multiple choice. Hot dogs, newspapers, statues of liberties... Or an inflatable Godzilla. Man, I feel like it's newspapers. You would be quite incorrect. He's actually selling little uh, Godzillas. Oh. True story. No no trivia or story attached to that particular <laughs> question. Okay, what's left for us, Jims? We're into the final round. Wow. Item, you can choose question 8 or question 10. 10. It will be 10. Okay. This was the first movie in which a cast was allowed to use genuine NASA spacesuits. Indeed, the cast are the only civilians to ever wear NASA spacesuits. How much do they cost each? Are they three million, four million, six million, or seven Holy million dollars? I was my each. first thought was ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? That's a bargain. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, can you go through the list again? What, what yep. was like three million, three, four million, four? Six or seven million. 
I feel like it has to be six. I can tell yeah. you, is is a snip at just three million dollars each. And when, nah. I t when I told my wife this, she said, do you think they got to keep them? I'm like, how many people? What, like, Are you listening to the question? So this must bring us to Joey's last question. Question eight. Can I get on the board? Okay, Joe, despite playing one of the principal characters, which actor's name does not appear in the opening credits? Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Got, on the board. got on the board. It's still a shellacking, but crucially, it wasn't. I a knew shutout. they would have left out the black guy. Obviously, I USA mean, baby. I don't know why. I can't find. I I did. I read it as a bit of trivia. Went back to check it, but I can't find any explanation as to why. Interesting. Bad, bad negotiating by his agent. So Artemy <laughs> didn't quite get the shutout, but you do win by a score of seven to one. And Joe teased your prize already. You are going to get a step C ticket worth twenty-seven euros. Plus, we will also send you an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot baseball cap. And I believe that we will actually see you next week because you're coming to Prague. Absolutely. That was a great coincidence because I actually la booked la a ticket la for la my holidays. La and la then la it, la. I found out that like, the EPT, the final EPT is going to be the same week. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just perfect. This is absolutely tremendous. It's a sign. Are you going to play at all? Excuse me? Are you going to be playing at all? I'm just going to play some cash games. The The tournaments are just way out of my bankroll. I know that. Correct. Well, Suck crucially, Artem is going to save us on some shipping because I'm basically going to pack the baseball cap and give it to him in person. Good idea. Thank you so much for coming on the show, rearranging your work schedule, taking part in the quiz, and thank you for your support, Artem. Thank you very much, guys. See you in Prague. Cheers. Das Vidania. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is looking like it for the episode of EPT Live, which was this one. <laughs> Actually, it was EPT Not Live. Whichever. I don't, you know, it's almost over anyway. We're getting, we're getting rid of this confusing title, right? That is true. I'll probably start nailing the title <laughs> just for in time. this show. Just in time for it to change. Not just in time. After we change right, it. Okay. I'll probably still start calling it EPT Not Live. Now, another thing we need to talk about yeah. off air is we need to resolve who's going to win the prizes and what they're going to win because it was a competition to decide yeah. the new name and we've gone with a variation of what several people suggested. Oh. So we need to work out who we're going to give prizes to and what they're going to win and all will be revealed on episode 70, which we're recording in Prague. You'll get to see it on the webcast and, of course, be able to download it from the usual places in audio form. Excellent. Before we get out of here, Khaleesi says, yes, she's splitting those DVDs with me for Christmas. So there Thank you go. You, Fiverr from me and Fiverr from our Khaleesi, Francine. Uh, that is it. That is it for this incarnation of the podcast. Wow, Matt, I'm glad you were here for part of it. I feel privileged to be here just in time to send it off. Yeah, absolutely. Burning across the river. Just a flaming voodoo effigy. I, I was told that James is going to fire just a single burning arrow, just and it just land. Just as <laughs> if as, there's one thing we don't need, it's the fire alarm going off in this building <laughs> again today. Twice so far today. That's because this show is hot on fire. And that is all the time we've got for this week's show, for this year's show, and this technical show ever. <laughs> Thanks a lot, all 14 of you, for listening. We appreciate it. 
for everyone who works on the show. Just to be clear, there is another podcast next week and we're not ending the show. Correct. But for this <laughs> studio version of this title of the show. <laughs> for the sake Jesus. of the drama that's being built. Correct. Let me have my moment here. It's confusing me. I know, but I very rarely get to do anything like this. You very rarely get to voluntarily shut down a show. Exactly. It's I'm usually I, sure. I show up to work and my ID badge doesn't work <laughs> anymore. <laughs> For everyone who works behind the scenes on the show and my co-hosts, Matt Broughton and James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.